Hello and welcome to another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. I'm Dino Varelli, founder and CEO of Project Purple. And today, we're sitting down with someone who's been a part of the Project Purple family. We're going to see if we can get through this without laughing, Keelan. Keelan DeMario, who is, uh, I've got to say, probably one of my favorite alumni runners. Now, I'm really, I'm really having this on and Keelan's making faces. But we're here in the studio. We're actually not in the studio due to some minor construction that's going on here in our office so we're actually in my office which is kind of like the studio because it's contained and there's a lot of memorabilia on the walls but keelan thank you for coming all the way down from the berkshires to be on the project purple podcast thank you for having me um and i am sincere i think you are one of my favorites because i think you 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 are the one that gives me the most agita at times (laughs) but also the most laughs and for our listeners at home, uh, for those folks who have been involved with Project Purple and have come to the New York Marathon or the New York Half Marathon, you've kind of been a staple for us over the last couple of years, helping out at the expo, running various races. Um, you are taking a road trip. We were starting to, I was starting to worry a little bit that like you did not leave like the tri-state metro area or New England, but uh, for Project Purple, but now you are actually, you're going to be in Chicago in the fall, in yes, the spring. In the spring and the fall, both. In the fall, yeah. correct. Yeah. So, uh, but you're also on our New York City half marathon team mm-hmm. once again, yeah. which is kind of a perfect segue to talk a little bit about how you got involved with Project Purple, because I think that's important for our listeners to hear firsthand from yours truly. Okay, so back in 2014. Uh, Has it been that long? That's like yeah. four years, five years. Yeah. So in 2014, um, I got into the New York half by lottery um, and was planning on running and I think in like December or January, it wasn't that long ahead of the race. Um, I kept getting emails from New York Roadrunners about if you were running, you could run for charity. And I had ignored like most of those emails and then decided to open one. And then I clicked on the link and there was Project Purple. And I emailed you and I was like, I have a bib. I have no idea how this works, but can I run for you? And then... The rest is history. You've been stuck with me We've been ever stuck since with you for five years. <laughs> but why? Why did you want to run for Project? Purple? So um, I decided to find out more about you guys because in 2009 uh, I had lost my aunt to pancreatic cancer, um, and it just seemed like a really great way to honor her um, and. You know, at that point, I guess going back, of course, now I think about how much you guys have done for me. But back then, it was just I thought this was going to be like a one time thing. Like, oh, yeah, I'll I'll raise some money for a a charity and, you know, that'll be that. And then once I actually got connected with you guys, that was when I found out that on my dad's side of the family, we had people that had passed from pancreatic cancer as well, which I didn't even know about at the time. Um. So, yeah, that was how it all started. And you've been back. How many times have you run for us? Like, if we look at this, and I know the number because we just crunched some data the other day. Okay. So, so, not including this year, though. Not including this year. So, well, I've run the half every year except for 2015. Um, but you came to 2015. But I did come to yeah. 2015 and, and to cheer. Um, and then I've done the New York City Marathon and the Chicago Marathon. So seven, seven races, does that sound right? And this will be my eighth in March. Yeah, and then you'll be nearing 10 by the fall. Yeah. That's impressive, like in five years, so that's like two a year. Yeah, I guess so, I haven't, I don't know. Time flies when you're having fun. (laughs) Of course, Um, but the interesting part in all of this is like you've always decided to whether you've had your own entry or mm-hmm. needed entry through us you've always decided to fundraise always always mm-hmm. and so and i think this is you know this podcast we really wanted to talk about fundraising and that's why i think you've done some really creative and exciting things and fun things and we're going to get into that but i think that's one thing for our listeners at home 
that I always caution people, you know, of doing multiple races year after year after year because your donor market sometimes they have there's this thing called donor fatigue, mm-hmm. right? And everyone's Rolodex or resources are only they're finite, right? So you only have X amount of people that you're attracting potentially. And I've always said you got to kind of be creative and think a little bit outside the box. Um, so with that, I mean, I know the first year, like it was kind of like, hey, I'm doing this. It was kind of like the, the plea or the give, yeah. like email friends and family and yeah. going back. This is crazy. Like, so if you go back to 2014, but crazy in the fact that like social media was so different just in five years, right? Like so in different. three years, like you could go to social media and post and raise yeah. exponentially amount of uh, an exponential amount of money. I should yeah. say. Now you can't do that unless you. I, I think it's changed a little bit, but I think in the last two years you haven't been able to have that bandwidth if you've done this before. No. So and also, I was just thinking as you thought about about how social media has changed. Twenty fourteen was when I first did my calendar raffle. Yeah. And I used to do those live drawings, but back then there was no, no live, live option. Options. So I used yeah. to have to video and, and then, then upload them. Upload them. Yeah. So let's talk about that. And that was kind of like the first type of outside mm-hmm. the box fundraising idea. So talk about the event. Okay. First of all, and then we'll get into kind of the details. So I wound up coming up with the calendar raffle idea because I had just ran the New York City half in March. And then I was literally going right back out and asking people for money. And my whole thing has always been that I have found through the years because I get repeat donors. You know, the people that are donating are donating every single time. Um, And what I have found works the best is... People are more apt to give when they can get a little something back in return. Um, So for the calendar raffle, what I did was I took an entire month and every single day of the month, there were prizes that people could win. Um, And it varied from uh, restaurant gift certificates to um, theater tickets to I did it two years in a row. So Cranwell was really generous. Like, Which is a resort yeah. up in your area that's like five star. There's one yeah, in Arizona. I, and I'm lucky in the sense that like I live in a resort town and it's a really like cultural part of the state. So, I mean, I have. There's a lot of things yeah, to choose Yeah, there's from. so much things to choose from. And I was so lucky because Jacob's Pillow, which is like a big national institution for dance, gave me tickets to performances. And the Berkshire Theater Festival gave me tickets. Like, I I really lucked out. So, I mean, it was a lot of people, like, jumped on that. There was, like, I think $2,000 worth of prizes throughout the month. Just in prizes. Just in prizes. So, you get all these prizes. Mm -hmm. You go out to the local community. You kind of focus on... Things that are of interest yep. across a very broad spectrum yes. because not everyone is into, let's say, Jacob's Pillow or right. something else. But I think that you've got such a variety. It's not just pizza places and exactly. slices of pizza yeah. that you're giving out. Yeah. There yeah. is a pretty vast variety. Yeah. So you kind of also embraced your community mm-hmm. to see like, hey, what's the appeal here? And not yeah. just, again... I, I feel bad picking on pizza places, but we'll use that example because <laughs> there's like nine of them within like a two mile radius of our audience, <laughs> okay. right? Producer Sam knows that deal. He, I think he's tried them all. Uh, but so embracing that community, mm-hmm. having variety, and then what was the strategy going in? Did you have like a plan, a number? Like were you thinking like ahead of that or you were just like, hey, we're just going to have fun with this? I was just going to have fun with it and like see where it could go. And I was in the back of my head. I thought, all right, maybe if I'm lucky, I'll make like between 500 and 1,000 off of this. And I wound up, I think the calendar raffle wound up bringing in over 2,500. And so that's awesome. Yeah. So you went out, you got the gift certificates, got yep. the prizes, the give. Yeah. Yep. And then your strategy was for every donation that you made over $25, yep. you got a entry into yes. a raffle. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there was no limit on how many times you, you could, could win. Your name would keep going back in. And so we'll talk let's talk about that. So the strategy was get the prizes. Yep. 
fundraise. Yeah. And then you set the calendar saying, okay, I'm going to start this August 1st. Yeah. And it's going to go to August 31st. There's a prize every night. Yeah. And you could win every night potentially based on how yeah. many times you've donated and how many yeah. polls you've had. Exactly. So do you remember on that first one how many people actually donated? I don't. I, I just remember that it just seems like everywhere I went, I always had those calendars in my purse yeah. and all I was ever doing was trying to sell um, tickets. Um, I, but I know, I mean, I know there was a lot because I remember I had people texting me that friends had seen the calendar on their fridge and was like, I want one of those. Like, where'd you get that? You know, and then I would, like, it was just, so it really blew up. Going back to what we said before, mm -hmm. social media really didn't have the live ability to do this. So no. you couldn't really promote it. So you said you were giving away calendars. Was that part of the promotion that you were doing ahead of time? So you created the calendar? I created the calendar and it was part of the ticket. So I would keep all of the person's name, address, phone number, etc. And they would keep the calendar portion, which would list everything. That so was you involved. had everything before you donated, just from a, give our listeners mm -hmm. uh, kind of a time frame. So yeah. you went out and got donations, mm -hmm. the give. Yep. You created a calendar. Yep. And then you started selling. So people knew ahead of time, mm -hmm. like, hey, on Friday, let's say August 3rd, yep. Jacob's Pillows tickets are going off. Yeah. I want to listen in or I want to know when those tickets are. Who mm -hmm. wins those tickets? Okay. And then now for the reveal, and we, we mentioned this a little bit before. So you would do these really kooky, goofy, funny videos yes and at the time because there was no facebook live you had to upload them like old school mm -hmm. it's kind of crazy <laughs> it's so school. weird it's to like talk three about. years yeah. ago it's not really old school back in the day back in the day like we're not talking about like our, our like studebaker and like yeah. not having seat belts in the back car yeah. or or having child seats yeah. but like it's, we're talking about like yeah. four years ago so you would do the videos mm -hmm. now would you have themes with the videos? Because you were, I remember watching this, like you had some special guests sometimes, you had a theme, and also I think for audience listening at home, I think the one thing that was really eye-engaging and user engagement for the people that were involved in this was that you actually had a drum, which was like a Home Depot bucket, right? That you drilled like a hole in it. It was or... a, <laughs> Mike made that for yeah, me. Your husband. Yeah. My husband, who's a plumber, uh, took an old antifreeze bucket, actually. Oh, even better. <laughs> even better. And uh, yeah, I came home from work one day and there was just like purple spray paint all over the yard and plywood. And he was like, oh, he's like, this is for your raffle. So he made the drum. <laughs> yeah, he made the drum. So you would spin the so drum. So I would spin the drum and pull a, a name. Pull a name. Yeah. And so you did that for how many days in a row? I did that first? for 30 days. 30 days in a row. In a row. <laughs> and your grand prize that year was like. Both years I did it because I did it for New York City and for Chicago, yeah. two years in a row. Both years the grand prize was from Cranwell. Cranwell. One year it was, a I think, a two month spa membership. Or gym membership, which includes like use of their spa. Yeah. And then the next year was um, a two month golf membership, um, which, which was, was like a high. Yeah, end prize, people like were buying tickets just, just to play to, golf. Yeah. To play golf. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. so cool. Yeah. So, all in terms of time that you put into this, how much would you say? I know the first year you raised twenty five. We'll talk about the second year um, in a minute. But how much time do you think you put into it? I mean, it was probably about when in the planning process, it probably took a couple weeks and it would probably be about an hour or so of time a day. And that was mainly trying to get in contact with business owners um, and the people to coordinate donations. Um, I think my biggest suggestion, no matter what anyone is going to try to do when it comes to getting prizes for any type of fundraising is I always started with okay, who do I directly know that works here? When, what are my connections? Um, and that really can make things kind of take off right from the start. Um, like I know for myself personally, uh, my father's friend is the dance photographer for Jacob's Pillow. So I reached out to him. He was like, this is the person you need to contact. 
um, someone else I know works for Berkshire Theater. So it's like, this is the person you need there. So when you sort of make out your web of all your contacts, sometimes you're surprised at how much you actually have right there. And that just kind of builds for you. So once I had that figured out, it was just a matter of getting in touch with all the right people and collecting the donations. But I think something you just said, though, is very, it parallels what we teach on. So let's say you came to us for the first time Mm -hmm. and we send out the fundraising kit. And this is just fundraising 101 is like, who are the 100 people you are going Mm -hmm. to ask, right? So it's very systematic and very parallel to doing a direct ask, but it's different. You're thinking about, you know, your mindset is not necessarily thinking about who can donate, but it's who can help me get gifts Mm -hmm. or what connections do I have from a business or a professional standpoint? So it's very systematic in that same way, just using a different system, Mm -hmm. but very similar and parallel to that and working your connections. And I think that's great advice. I mean, there's people that are hopefully listening to this from all over the country that are in different pockets or have different types of relationships or connections And I think the one thing that was really cool seeing this happen for me was just the diversity. You know, it wasn't really just pizza places. We're beating up on pizza places today. We're going to have to have pizza later. But, uh, you know, it it wasn't just one specific market. It was just so diverse. So um, my next question on that. So you spent about an hour uh, a, a week, you said, or a day, possibly? Probably about a day in the beginning because in I was emailing a bunch of people. I was calling a bunch of people. I was driving to the places yeah. to meet people directly um, and explain to them what I was doing, why I was doing it, you know, what Project Purple was. And hopefully um, we helped provide some backup at that point. Yeah. Letters and stuff like that. I think, brochures. yeah, I think back then I had, like, brochures yeah. and letters. Like, you had mailed me a bunch of stuff, so I would go there with those and... Which we offer to any of our fundraisers now. We have like a whole kit. So then how much money did you spend out of pocket? I know you said Mike put together the antifreeze bucket. So you didn't necessarily. (laughs) I thought it was a Home Depot bucket. So, uh, you know, it probably was like a recycle. Which I still use to this day. I I hope he like washed the inside of it. Like sticking your hand in there into like nasty antifreeze like crud. Like. Yeah. He did wash it out. He did wash it out. Okay, yeah. good. Thanks, yeah. Mike. Yeah, thanks for listening. That. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was, I mean, I don't think it was really too much. I'm trying to remember because I've done so many things, like things yeah. kind of like blur together. But I actually think I got the, the printing of the tickets donated to all the stuff that was handed out for people to put their information on in the calendars itself. I think where I had that printed, that was donated. So relatively very little investment. Very little. Really more time. Time. You know, yeah. time, which is money. Yeah. You know, people can consider that money. But from a pure, like, outlay, like, hey, like, I've got to come up with $100 to do this, there's really nothing there. Yeah. Okay. Move forward now. Because this has evolved. So now yes. you said, um, you just said like, hey, you did that for Chicago. You did it for two years. Had yes. great success. The first year you raised 2500 what did you raise for Chicago? I think I did about the same again. Now, was there anything that you realized the second time that didn't work or did work? Was there anything that you did differently? No, I had, it was one of those things that was like, it was such a success the first time. It was like, I'm going to just completely duplicate this again um and it the whole formula worked for me again the quirky live drawings at night (laughs) everything worked to my advantage the second time around like i know we i would like wait for it and i think i like had more money in the game at that point so i had this the second time around because i was like i was really trying to win some of these So it was like almost like, and I think you did have some technical difficulties if my yeah. memory serves me right, like one year and I'm thinking it's the second year and like you put this message out like, hey, sorry, yeah, like I couldn't upload it. But then I think one of them too, I'm calling you out here in live person, like 
you were going out the night of the drawing, so you had to do two in one night because yeah. you didn't want to embarrass did, yourself yeah. or something like that. Like there were some situations yeah. along those lines. I did them like live on location in places. Like was I, that the second year was live? That was you the could, second year. So you could do live, yes. Yeah. Or well, yeah, it wasn't live, but, but it was like at location. At location, yeah. like I I drew from Tanglewood. Tanglewood, yeah. I drew from New York City. I just remembered from yeah. a five k yeah. that I went and ran there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So yeah, I would have people. People text me. I'd be eating dinner and I would have like my phone start blowing up. Like, what are you doing? And people would be like, oh, like it's 7 30. Are you, are you doing are you doing <laughs> the drawing today? Like, that means it's yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I just, I'm eating dinner. Like, as soon as I'm done, I'll I'll get out to the deck and I'll do the Sounds drawing. Sounds like you're doing kind of an influencer thing pre influencers, you know? You were an influencer <laughs> before an influencer. Just think if you could have capitalized on that, you could have been the Kendall Jenner of the Berkshires or the Kylie Jenner and have like 181 million followers. Like, the, and she charges 250,000 if she's listening. Like, we would love a shout out. We can't come up with 250,000, but you know, it's all for a good cause. Yeah. Just think where this could have gone, Kayla. So, you do this two years in a row. Yes. There was like a purple wig involved the second yeah, time. I was, had like, there was a lot I was always props. in Project There's, Purple, like head to toe. There was too. a lot of props the second year. Yeah. So what was the reaction from the community that you're soliciting though? Because like we talk about yeah. donor fatigue, right? Like always hitting yeah. up your donors. But then like that second year, what are some of the things that maybe like certain community – relationships businesses had to say did they say anything or was it just like hey yeah that's yeah no they were happy to support again and i think the second year was when i created a separate facebook page for everything um because i started realizing that that way i could get it out to more people publicly outside of my space and that also helped with some of the networking too because i think i actually had a couple businesses contact me through that saying are you still looking for prizes because we'll give you something so now the second year you have people soliciting yeah. you to give you yeah. prizes yeah that's pretty Which good is pretty nice yeah, yeah that's awesome yeah awesome so now the third year it evolves or the fourth year we get like you get into the evolution here now because now yeah the next time around i did not want to do the calendar didn't raffle. Want to do the calendar. no i felt like i killed the calendar raffle and maybe I could have still kept it going, but in my mind, it was like, no, I need to try to scrap it and do something new. And what was the new idea? So the new idea was, so that was, what did I, oh, so that I decided to do for the New York City half for 2016 was when I came up with the freezing for, the freezing for a reason. Correct. The plunge. <laughs> No, that was that was the year two. Oh. The plunge got worse. So the first year, I publicly said that if I raised X amount of dollars, which I think was five hundred, it was low. It was low. Yeah. I and I surpassed. Um, really quick. Really quick. Really yeah. Quick. You have some demented <laughs> yeah. friends yeah, really that like do. to see you in pain. Yeah. So because the the timing, I think that's hard. Um, it was for me. It was not just donor fatigue but also it's hard to kickstart the nyc half because it sometimes coincides with around like christmas time Holidays, and people yeah. have their funds like already allotted for things so in my mind was like okay i can't do something traditional like what i need to do something crazy so then i came up with this idea that if i raised a certain amount of money i would wait for a snowstorm which we actually happened to get the day i said i would do it we got like eight inches of snow and I had said that I would go out and what I race in, which was like my purple skirt and my project purple singlet. And I would run out and do a snow angel in the snow, um, which I had to do twice because that was when the live first started and it didn't, and it cut out and nothing uploaded at all. So my friends made me go back out and do it again because they told me that nobody would believe (laughs) (laughs) And I did it unless I went back out. So, yeah, so I did that. And then the next year, I repeated that, but I upped the ante and I went into into the water. water. Now, what did you raise the first year? So, I think the first year, I think people kept... 
People kept donating. After I did it, yeah. yeah. People watched the video, and then I got a ton of donations, like, the week following. So that, I think, got me close to, like, 900. Just for doing burp, or snow angels in snow the angels snow. Snow angels in the snow. And going on live Facebook, yeah. which is, like, shameless. But, yeah. like, I guess shameless at times. Yeah. Yeah. That. And then in 17, you did the plunge. I did freezing for a reason again. Again. Yeah. In your... Garb. Same. Yep. Same. Same thing. Same garb. In the middle of winter. December second. In the Berkshires. In the Berkshires, there which, was frost on the ground that yeah, morning. Yeah, I mean it was cold. It was very cold. There was not ice in the water. There wasn't ice in the water it was yet, cold. but it was very cold. Yes. Yeah. And what did you raise on that one? That one was, I think, about the same. Yeah. Yeah, there was one of them the one year, and I forget. Maybe it was the plunge, and there were some people that were really, like, excited to see that happen. Oh, I, I really <laughs> questioned some friendships. There yeah. were some people that dropped money down a little too quick for my liking for that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Well, I think for people listening at home or at the gym or wherever you're listening to this podcast – I think, you know, that the calendar raffle was really a little bit outside the box, mm-hmm. I'd say. There was some planning on that, yeah. as we said. But, you know, doing the snow angels in a polar plunge, I mean, there's not a lot of energy up no. front, right? Like, nope. there's not other than, like, probably the mental aspect of, like, hey, you have to do this. Like, you have to mentally, like, go out and... Visit, well, you have to mentally teach, yeah. you know, teach yourself, but also physically go out and do yeah. it, right? Yeah. So um, there's not much there, but two very kind of simple, easy ways outside of that direct ask to get involved. Yeah. Do you know, Keelan, from the two calendar raffles and to the, the next evolution of the freezing or the plunge, we would call it, was there a lot of the same donors yeah. Throughout that time. Yeah. And then some new donors too, because that was by that point too, I also used my uh, Facebook page that I created for all of my like Project Purple running related stuff. Um, and friends and family were sharing the announcement that I was going to do that. So I had a lot of donations come in through that um, from people that hadn't donated before, um, but had saw the saw the post saw the cause so it'd be like i'm donating and you know because i lost this person or i have a friend or so on and so forth um so it also was a way to still make connections um and actually one of those people um i met at the apple squeeze who i had no idea who she was and she found me at the apple squeeze and was like, I've donated to you before because you went in the Stockbridge Bowl last year. And she was like, my friend, you know, is the one who had shared your thing. And so it's kind of crazy how it all comes full circle. Comes full circle. Yeah. That's cool. So now you just mentioned the Apple Squeeze, which has now become the third edition or the yes. third evolution of what this has become. Yes. And I know there's two components of that. So let's talk about um first the apple squeeze so for our listeners at at home at the gym wherever you're listening the apple squeeze is an annual event Mm -hmm. in your part of where you live yeah and let's talk about that just so that people have an idea because i'm sure there's people around the country that there's similar events yeah there's type events or similar type events yeah so in uh where i live in the berkshires and lennox i think it's over 20 years they have the apple squeeze it's gotten pretty big um so the attendance is anywhere between 15 to 20,000 um and i had worked it uh for a couple years um and i think it was the last year i was like there are so many people here i was like i should put up something for project purple um so i did that this past year and um but the apple squeeze is the event itself is just a oh, town yeah event. the town gets vendors, streets are shut down, streets are shut down. there's down. vendors everywhere and it's all based in the fall which yep. in the berkshires that's big apple season huge Pre- like the apple leaf farms, peepers leaf are peepers, out. the yep. culture the history yep. the art so all that's going yeah. on, and then this is an, an annual event that mm-hmm. they've put on yeah. um, that happens. And so you had the opportunity to actually get a booth. Yeah. Um, and I didn't – I actually didn't even get the booth until August. That was when I had one of the donors who I'd worked with before approached me 
and was like... So through this donor connection that yeah. you made doing the polar plunge or... Yeah, yeah. The... she donated through the polar plunge. Um, she hadn't donated before because she was a new business owner to uh-huh. Lennox. Um, she actually n- knew me mostly because of my dog who gets biscuits every morning from there. Um, she's like, you have to, you know, follow up, follow up, get the booth at the Apple Squeeze. So I did. Um, and I had like three or four weeks to kind of come up with come up with something so i was like well all right i'll come up with a big raffle basket so um that same uh business who was like you should i think it would be great for project purple to be at the apple squeeze she right off the bat gave me like a huge grand prize um for that which was this gorgeous cashmere blanket and i was like i could just raffle this like and this would be it um, and then I continued to go around to other businesses. So it was like before I knew it, I had close to a thousand dollars in raffle in, in raffle items. Yeah. So you went out again. To I went out again. I hit the community. street of Lennox. So yeah. it's a little bit different than the calendar raffle mm-hmm. because you're going to be physically at a yeah. event, a pre-existing event, yeah. but you're going to raffle off these items. Yeah, and I, and so for this, I focused on Lennox businesses and also. Um, Lennox artists because um, I had there's an artist that lives in Lennox. You actually have one of her prints. Um, she uh, got involved and donated um, some of her shirts and stickers, and so I, I was very Lennox focused for this, which actually worked to my advantage because that's what gave me the idea for my next, which we'll talk about, <laughs> which in a we'll second. get to. <laughs> so. The event's a, a weekend. Yep, it's a, it's a weekend. Event. All day Saturday and all, all day, day Sunday. Sunday. Um, brings a ton of people into the community. Mm-hmm. Um, all the businesses, all the artists. Yep. Set up shop. Yep. What did you raise? What did you raffle? So you had a thousand in raffles, you said. Yeah. So how many raffles did you end up having? So I just did one big raffle. One big raffle. Yep. So you, I, th- I think I did the tickets were like... Uh, one for five or five. I forgot how I had like the ticket pricing set up, um, but you would win everything that was I had on a display table that I had all done up nice. Um, there was champagne, um, spa services from a salon in town, the blanket, um, everything, and then I had all the information on Project Purple yep. and events um and got to connect firsthand with a lot of local people and a lot of non-local people um but it was really great because um for some of these people they'd never been out anywhere where they'd seen um a pancreatic cancer charity so it was great just to make connections with people and kind of have these brief moment of connections where not only were they coming to donate and buy these tickets but to hear their story and then have them walk away and be like oh this makes me feel so good to see you guys here like I've I haven't felt hope in a while about anything but you know this makes me feel a little bit of hope so even if I never sold a single raffle ticket it was like making those continuous connections was worth it alone yeah it's it's very powerful Mm -hmm. and I've always said like how you got involved. This is yeah. a, a really crappy club, but together there's power and strength mm-hmm. in numbers. You know? Yeah. So it's it's powerful connecting and coming together for the same mission or the well, same Well, it reaffirms cause. your purpose. It does for me, yeah. at least. I mean, when you hear these other stories, you know, it just was like, yeah, this is 100% why I'm here doing yeah. this and why From I a keep... random stranger yeah, that you like, have no idea. Yeah, it's like, this is why I'm going to keep running. This is why I'm going to keep... Coming up with these crazy ideas. ideas. So what did you end up, what was your end-all be-all with the Apple Squeeze event? So that worked out pretty good. The bummer was our location wasn't the best because we signed up late. Signed up late, yeah. But hey, it is what it is. But with that being said, and I think the total attendance for that weekend was around like 17,000, I brought in um, around, I think, 800 and something dollars from that two days so how much time go back to our questions here so you raised eight hundred dollars so it's two days you had to man the booth right yep. man the tent yeah so. i manned the booth for two days and then how much time ahead of time getting stuff 
Um, not that much because um, I just like because this time I was sticking to just what was in my hometown. Yeah. On my way home from work, I would just kind of stop in to some of the places and touch base with people. Or and, walking the dog. Yeah, or walking the dog. Yeah. So it was really, it really wasn't that much time. And then cost-wise, were there any other costs? I don't really think so. No. And usually, I know these um, types of events around the country usually will work with charities or someone who is doing something <laughs> in a charitable end. So usually, they will waive the fee. Yeah. Because you're not selling a service or yeah. anything like that or selling a product. Um, so there's always an opportunity to yeah. kind of keep it really low cost. Mm-hmm. So very little time and money that was spent and you made 800 bucks. Yeah. And you had a lot of fun because you connected with people. Mm, I connected with so many people. Yeah. Last question on this. Uh How many repeats did you have? Or was it all brand new? A lot of that was all brand Brand new. new. Awesome. Awesome. So now, the next evolution. Yeah. Which was the chamber event. Yes. So. So you've become kind of a mini celebrity, I would imagine, (laughs) among the businesses in in your area because you've been in. I think my dog's the celebrity. Well, yeah, we know know who the real celebrity is. Is is Lucy the dog? It's just my dog. But you build these connections, Mm -hmm. these relationships from doing the calendar raffles over two years, and then you shifted gears, and then you came back, and so like you're constantly. And I think this is like one thing, you know, for our listeners listening to the podcast wherever they're listening. Is that I think there's there's some pieces here that are consistent um, in the messaging, but then there's also some things that are new and, and thinking outside the box, whether you're doing a polar plunge or a calendar raffle or um, an event like the Apple Squeeze where you're actually soliciting you know, businesses for donations and then that's coming back to them. Because they are the, the businesses are getting something mm-hmm. back, right? Yeah. I think the hope here for people who may think that they want to do something like this, the sell to those businesses is like, hey, if I win, let's say a $100 scarf and I get a certificate and I have to go to the place to pick that up or whether I get it and I wear it, I'm probably going to go back there because I like it and buy something else or buy something more. I know it's probably a little bit easier example with restaurants and more of like the services, like a haircut or a massage, because if you have a good experience, you now are going to come back. But for our fundraisers that are listening and thinking something like doing these, I think that's really kind of a sell and opportunity for the businesses is like, hey, we're going to bring people. We're going to promote that. And you did a great job, I think, in the calendar raffle, just thinking back. And we're going to talk about the chamber event in a second. But I think one thing that you did really well was that cross promotion of those businesses was Mm -hmm. not lost. Like you talk them up a lot. And I think that's something that you have to do. And we talk a lot about corporate sponsorship and, um, you know, working with organizations and corporations and what they are looking for um that all varies from company to company because some companies might not be looking for press and positive stuff well i would think they want a positive stuff but they might not be looking for getting people back they just want to do good things so chamber event chamber yes so that I just came up with that because I wanted to sort of ride the success of the apple squeeze. Um, and there was actually... That came really quick. Like yeah. This came like back to back. Yeah. Um, so there were businesses that approached me during the apple squeeze um, that were like, oh, you know, we would have been involved. Like, you, you, you know, oh, reach out to us, et cetera. So I was like, okay. So I think it was... I wish I came up with the idea earlier, but it wasn't until really like mid-October that I thought, okay, well, what if I could make the entire town of Lenox do something for pancreatic cancer awareness month? So it morphed into this whole idea of sort of like making Lenox like quote unquote, like go purple. Um, And I met with the Lenox chamber president. Did you have a relationship with the person before? So this Never. Is a brand new relationship. Brand new. First time. First time. Yeah. Which I think, and you guys talk about this all the time, but it really can't be stressed enough is um, your story, you know, your why. Um, I know for me, I think part of what made him so quick to want to jump on board was 
my story. Um, and I know because he told me um, the fact that I'd been running for you guys as long as I had um, and was continuing to do it to him was impressive, you know, because I think a lot of times these people are approached on things and it's like people are gung ho on something. It's like one and done. Yeah. One offs. And yeah. you know, that's it. Um, so he was really quick to sort of want to champion my idea into going town wide. I mean, actually it got a little overwhelming because it was like, Oh, we could do this and this and this and this. And I was like, Whoa, I just thought I was going to have like a couple shops, like put up some posters. Like, okay. I have like three weeks to make this yeah, happen. The timeline was really the short. The timeline and I had talked insane. about this during the time I was like, uh, like maybe you just take good, good. stop the brakes, put yeah. the brakes on. Yeah. The timeline was insane. And I only had a couple weekends to like reach out to people because I was in New York um, for the marathon. For the marathon, so that took a weekend away from like being in Lenox, and then I came back from the marathon, and it was like, okay, this, we're go, we're we're go in, in two weeks. Yeah. Um. So, I guess like the gist of it was, um, Lenox businesses decided to quote unquote go purple for a uh, four or five. It was a four day period. Um, and they presented informational sheets on display about uh, pancreatic cancer and a sheet about Project Purple. Um, and I ran a raffle again. Um, and But the raffle was based on is a little bit different. Yeah, the raffle was different this time. So um, each store was raffling something. So if you shopped in that store, you could buy a ticket that was going to uh, benefit Project Purple, and you'd be eligible to win that store's items. Mm-hmm. And the stores were very generous. Like um, one of the stores in town was uh, donated two two hundred dollar pairs of like Italian leather gloves. Yeah, I mean people. There were some yeah, really, really. They were super very, very generous to us. Um, and the thank ca- you to those. Stores. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the catch to this was. Um, I made it so that whoever bought this ticket, not only did they basically make their donation back, but they made even more. Because each ticket, I had two local Lenox restaurants, not pizza places, (laughs) uh, basically sponsor the raffle ticket. Um, And one was uh, our local mainstay, which is the Heritage House, the Taj, as the locals like to call it. Um, and the other was uh, Brava Bar in Lenox. Um, and they were very jo- uh, generous. And right off the bat was like, here is a donation direct to Project Purple. Um, and what the restaurants did was uh, it was a $5 off a, uh, I think it was 20 or $25 or more food purchase for the entire month of November. So... Um, a lot of people were really excited about that because mm. you bought this $5 ticket and you had, you got your $5 oh, back yeah. and then some, you know? Um, so that was great. Um, and then we, everyone who bought a ticket at all of these different stores, um, at the end, all of the tickets were combined into the infamous purple bucket now. Yeah. Um, and we had a really super generous grand prize. Um, I reached out to Canyon Ranch, which is world renowned. World renowned resort. They resort. Have one in Sedona. Yeah. They've yeah. one in the Berkshires. Yeah. And I'm lucky enough that the one in the Berkshires is just a couple miles yeah. <laughs> down the road from me. They're they're quote unquote like a local business. Um, so I reached out and was like, oh, we'll see where this goes. Like, here's my pitch. Um, and they were really generous and they donated, um, a spa day for two at Canyon Ranch. Ranch. Yeah. So that alone, people were, yeah. And people were, um, you know, trying to contact me from like out of state to be like, Hey, can we get in on this? Like, I was like, Oh no, No, you got, you got to come to the Berkshires. Yeah. Like if you want to drive a couple hours and come to the Berkshires and do some shopping, like, yeah, you can, you can get in on it. Um, so it was, it was a real whirlwind, but it wound up being hugely successful. So how much did you raise? So that I raised, um, 1100, 1100 bucks. Yeah. How much time, did you have to put into it? That was a lot more time. But part of that was trying to 
pull off an event like this in, in three, three weeks, weeks yeah. which is just like in that part was insane. Yeah. Um, had I started months in advance, I think it would have been similar to the calendar raffle. Yeah. I could have spread it out and, you know, taken, you know, a half hour at night to send some emails, stop in places after work. Um, so how much money did you spend on your out-of-pocket? This, once again, the power of your story. So I um, contacted a company to do a different company than I had ever used before to do um, printing for the tickets. Um, and I started like sharing my story. Um, and the woman actually interrupted me and was like, wait, she's like, I, she's like, I just have to stop you. She's like, uh, she's like, we lost my mother-in-law to pancreatic cancer. She's like, so whatever, like you need, just let me know. Like, we'll, we'll do these tickets for you. Don't worry about it. Um, so, so it was yeah. completely no cost, no cost. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then one of the other business owners, paid for all of the signage that went around town all of the project purple signs that went all throughout yeah, you had signage all over Everywhere. the town yeah and i know like the lennox businesses if they're listening thank you for all the support like it was great yeah and it, it coincided with november being pancreatic mm-hmm. cancer awareness month so we have this whole all these lennox businesses on yeah. social media like tweeting yeah. and and posting and, and it was just really really cool to see that yeah so all told you raised about 1100 bucks yeah in three weeks yeah. well actually in four, in four days i mean yeah yeah, yeah. So, technically yeah. technically yeah. yeah and how many of these donors were previous donors i, I don't think hardly any, any. so you didn't hit your base no, it was pe- and the funny part was when I came to collect everything at the end. Some of the business owners were like, "Why did you only do this for four days?" And I was like, I, "This is my first. Like, this is my first, first time." Yeah. Like they're like, "We could have went on with this all month, you know? Like why?" And so this was the best part was when they when I was collecting things at the end is they were saying to me, "Well, next year." You, and I was like, this is great. Like, people are already talking about next the year. next year, um, which is great. So, Well, I think that's so cool because you've created, like, you realize, the businesses realize, hey, they want to be in on it. Mm-hmm. Successful. Yeah. So you create the need, right? So mm-hmm. it's just a matter of just then now identifying, yeah, like, the places that want to be involved. Mm-hmm. Not all the pizza places. Yeah. We hope. <laughs> That's another yeah. joke. We're eating up pizza places today pretty bad. I feel bad. Um, we're, we're giving pizza places a bad name today yeah. on the podcast. But no, I, in all seriousness, like you create that need. And yeah. So now, like, so this year, or we're in 2019, not to put you on the spot. So is the plan, are you planning already? Like, I know you and I haven't really talked about yeah. it. So, I, yeah, I've actually, so I've already um, have emails in about a booth again at the apple squeeze um, for a better location better location yeah um, actually one of the lennox businesses was like you can set up like on our oh, prop yeah. yeah so yeah i might capitalize on, is like, that how it works with that is like they have to like if you own a spot like if you own a business well technically you have the ability to put it out in front of your business no. So like the, the way it works is you, everything is in the streets and like you can have stuff set gotcha. up like on your business itself, but like the, the Taj, for example, like they actually have lawn space by their outdoor dining area. So, so they can use I could work with them and yeah. I could utilize that space and, you know, cool. yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's in the works and then, um, actually already trying to coordinate stuff for next year for, um doing the event again 2020 in linux cool cool or technically no technically this year i guess for yeah for 19 19. yeah with the chamber Mm -hmm. yep and i had the pilates event too so that brought in money because other businesses did so the pilates event was separate from it was separate but tied it was all tied in so let's talk about that for a minute then so the Pilates event, was it ever part of the chamber or the apple squeeze? No. No, so, that was So just, how did that come about? Um, that came about because uh, one of the business owners uh, mentioned me to um, this woman who had just opened up a Pilates studio in 
Lennox. And she was like, you need to talk to Keelan. Like, she's going to try and do this, like, town-wide event. Um, it's going to be for pancreatic cancer. Like, you've, you've got to meet her. you got to do it. And she's like, my brother died from pancreatic cancer. So, so there's a connection. There's the connection. So I met her, and we morphed into this idea of uh, Pilates and Pinot. And it would coincide with Lennox going purple. And then we had it at an art gallery. Um, and the art gallery owner got involved and was like, if anything sells during the event, we'll do a portion of the proceeds. Um, unfortunately, it was like the Berkshires. We had, we we had, had snow the, yeah. uh, that night. So that kind of hurt us. But um, yeah, so it, we, you know, there's, there's so much room to grow from this. So the Pilates event, again... That brought in, I think, 400. 400 from the Pilates event. How much work? Not that much. Not that much. Did you spend anything out of pocket? Um, I spent some out of pocket on the crackers and cheese. and then So cheese and crackers. We're talking right. and then I got, 20, 30 bucks. Yeah, and then I, I got the wine, wine at a really steep discount from the local wine so seller. Probably less than $100. Yeah. You, you make 400 but yeah. then you also think about, like, community and the connections yeah. and yeah. potentially now moving forward, potentially, you know, getting that back in the mix. So it's a win-win. Yeah, total win-win. Was there anything with the last two that you learned that you would do differently post? So with the chamber event, clearly we've talked about the chamber event having more time. Yes. That's like a no-brainer. Yeah. But with the apple squeeze, more so not so much about location Mm. and timing because I know we've talked about this and we mentioned it here on the podcast. But anything in what the ultimate like goal or architecture of like the goal of what you're trying to achieve, is there anything you're going to tweak for this year? Um... Like with the concept or like the type of raffle? Yeah. So I think for next year, I'm um, going to simplify it more because it was hard having the individual prizes at the different businesses. Um, so because people were confused on that aspect, I had heard from like some. So I think for next year, we're going to go back to that same concept of like one big grand prize. Grand prize. You can buy tickets at all these Lennox businesses. And if someone wants to throw in a pair of $200 gloves, yeah, it's like it's all part of the Yeah, it's prize. all part of the grand prize. Because I remember there was like a store that had like. All the fixtures you went live on Facebook, and they were doing something really cool, like table settings or like that. Yeah, that was McKinney Yeah, and everything, and they were doing yep. something special. And yeah, then it was the grand prize. Yeah, so I think just making one big prize, and some of the businesses, um, I think, you know, if they want to. I'm open to, I think, suggestions now because th- I had such a great, like, base of people involved. Um, and I know what McKimiko did, which was great, and I, I think I would suggest it to the other businesses, was they were generous that they were offering anyone who came to shop in their store a further discount on their purchase if they bought That's a it. raffle ticket to support Project Purple, which was really great. Um, that was a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. And it benefits them. Yeah, totally benefits them. So it's them. not like they're losing yeah. out anything. It's yeah. just benefiting. And I wound up selling like lots of their blankets while I was yeah. <laughs> in there setting yeah, stuff they had up. Nice blankets. <laughs> Sorry. Those are the purple blanket. They had a purple one, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah, and, and like all these women came in, I wound up selling all these women. Like I was picking out Christmas presents for like their son's girlfriends yeah. and yeah, that the, lady, was, I... the lady was like, You can stop here every <laughs> Saturday. <laughs> so Kind of summing all this up, and if there's someone listening, and hopefully there is, first of all, but someone who's listening and then wants to take this idea, what do you think is the first step? I think the, so the first step. In being successful, let's rephrase that, because like, (laughs) first step, we want this to be successful, and you've had a lot of success. Yeah. Um. What's probably the first step to do to becoming and having a successful moment? Is make, I think, make personal connections. And it really goes down to the power of your story. 
Um, and I think the story of Project Purple itself, I mean, for me, I think the reason why I'm able to get repeat donors and I'm able to get these businesses to keep coming on board with me is that, um, you know, I think the best compliment I was paid through all of this was one of the business owners really knew nothing about pancreatic cancer, nothing about Project Purple, but said to me, he was like, I had to do this. He's like, your passion is contagious. He's like, how, how could I not? You know, so never discount your story. You know, don't think twice to be like, oh, I don't, I don't know if it's going to translate right or I don't know what they're going to think. You know, like what's the worst that can happen? You know, someone says to you, ah, I'm sorry. You know, I just, I can't, I can't give you anything. All right. But on the opposite end, you know, someone can hear what you have to say, connect with it and be like, wow, now that's. And have that same connection. Yeah. And have that same connection. So don't be afraid to get out there, share your story. I can't stress that enough. And then, you know, work your connections, you know, don't like. Even down to, like, if you go to the same place every morning to get your cup of coffee, like, that's, you know, it's like, hey, oh, you're here every day. Yeah, sure. You know, you here's a here's a gift certificate or, you know, like, here's a couple pounds of coffee. Like, if you want to, like, raffle couple up. Pounds. <laughs> it's a lot of coffee. Couple I pounds. came from Costa Rica. So like, everything is, like, you guys smuggled still, in the coffee. We brought back pounds of coffee. Pounds of a whole bag of coffee brews. Yeah. Coffee beans and yeah. grinds. So let me ask you this question. Have you ever done any sales like in your professional career? Um, not really. But I think you and I know each other pretty well. Yeah. You're introverted. You're not an extrovert. <laughs> or let me rephrase that. You, you're kind of a – you're not shy – but I think with this story, it's very personal. Right. So how did you overcome that? Because you don't go up to people and say, hey, like I, I lost my aunt. No. It was like my mom. And, no. And then your your story evolved. We didn't mention it yet. But then last year, yeah, your aunt's husband mm-hmm. passes away from pancreatic cancer. So the narrative changes yeah. quite a bit, right? Yeah. And even though you said like your dad had said like, hey, we had some family members yeah. that had passed you just weren't aware of it but so i i think like we always say like your story your story but it's a very hard story to tell it is so i think the for me i have sort of like this compressed version of my story um which i i guess is sort of like it's like my safe like delivery yeah it's like my safe delivery like i know if i say this much and provide like this much information you know i'm not going to turn into a hot mess in front of a total stranger and you know so i i sort of just had to kind of like create this compressed version of my story um and mainly i guess i should say i put most of my emphasis on the work that Project Purple's doing. So it's like I I try to highlight that over my story, but sort of like figure out a way to kind of marry the two so that I'm comfortable, you know, sharing without being too emotionally raw and then still providing, you know, a background of like why these things come together. Yeah, I can't disagree with anything you just said. And I think that's important. I mean, we all have our own stories. Yeah. I think it's natural to become emotional because this is a very emotional topic, right? Yeah. But I think it's also very powerful to have that story that you tell in public and knowing when you're going to tell the full story. Not that you're telling a false story. Right. Or the story that can get you through a professional conversation or a business conversation. Because I find myself as well, like there's times when I go into the 10 minute version versus the 30 second yeah. version, you know, and, and they're both extremely powerful, but I think there's places for both of them. You feel safer, I think, yeah. in one than you do yeah. the other. True. Shift gears here for a minute. Social media. How much, and I know we talked a lot in the beginning of the calendar raffle, doing the videos, and then how it evolved to live. How much has social media played a part of this? A lot. The last event in town, um, I think Instagram has surpassed Facebook. So um, 
social media really helped for you don't have an instagram page that's i don't i use my own which i have as public yeah um and i've had it public for a long time because actually because of project purple um so i use my so you can blame us for all the creepers on your yeah 100 percent. yeah um so i have yeah i have it set for public and i just i cross-posted everything um with the last event i would like location tag at businesses and then they would share the stuff that I put to my stories and then other people would share it. And it really reached a huge audience because I, my inbox on Instagram, I had so many messages from people asking how the event was working and, you know, what they could do, um, how they could get the tickets, etc. It's fascinating how like social media has clearly evolved and mm-hmm. it's continuing to evolve naturally with the, algorithm of Facebook and how, you know, it is supposed to be more about friends and connecting with people versus businesses or charities. But then now Instagram has kind of taken, I think, momentum over in terms of how people are connecting and with the way that they're evolving. So for listeners at home that are listening to this, like you definitely have to embrace social media. Yeah. If you're going to try to reach the masses and try to get out. And I think some people may be listening at home and say, Hey, I've got all these business connections. Like I can do this. I don't necessarily have to rely on social media. Um, but I think we still have to kind of embrace that a little bit. So is there anything else to add, you know, in terms of giving someone advice that's thinking of doing something in a non-direct way or a non-traditional way of fundraising? Just don't be afraid to kind of just step outside of the box. I mean, I, I, I think if anybody was listening and they're like, well, I'm just not that outgoing or I'm just, I mean, you don't really have to be, you know, you just have to be willing to kind of think outside the box and don't kind of brush off an idea because you think it's too crazy or it won't work. You know, like once again, what's the worst that can happen? Like maybe you don't raise as much money as you thought you would, or maybe you raise over a thousand, you know, you just, sometimes you just have to be willing to take the chance. But also be systematic about yeah. it. I think that's the one thing yeah. for listeners listening is that you you are very you've been very systematic about all these. Mm-hmm. So it hasn't been like, hey, let's just well, go yeah, out no. and get I like, mean, raffles it's not and, that, like, yeah. do this. Like there is a plan. There is always so a there's plan. some yeah. there's timing that's involved. There's a plan that you have to kind of sit down and walk through, and then just have fun with it and be yourself. Yeah. And I think the one thing for those listening at home, this is not for everyone. And I've said this multiple times to participants, we can't tell your story, but if you have the gumption or the courage to tell your story, we will teach you. And I think this podcast is exactly that. Like this is great ideas. You've been super creative, super successful. But if someone's listening to this and saying like, yeah, I want to do this. If they don't have the courage to tell their story, like you said, how powerful that story is, it's not going to work. Right. So, um, yeah, if you're listening and you think you can do this, you have to have the courage to tell your story. And their story is going to be different than your story. Right. Story. And, I mean, yeah, and like I said, try to find that compressed version that becomes like your your safe space of like, okay, these are the things I can say, you know, these are the connections I can make that I feel comfortable and, you know, secure enough to know that I, I won't kind of dive too deep into the heart of what a lot of us know is really painful. Yeah. It's powerful stuff. Well, Keelan, thank you for coming into the office and having the opportunity to have you on the podcast. I also want to give a shout out to Mike, your husband, because he's a big part of this. I know like no one does this alone and you've had, you know, your support of your family, your friends, Michael, your best friend, Michael, he's been, I know, a big supporter of this. We've seen him on videos. So if both Mike's are listening in Keelan's life, thank you guys for the support. Um, And you don't do it alone. And I think that's something else for people to understand too. Like, Something like this, I think you have to get buy-in from your spouse, significant other, friends, have fun with it. And, you know, it all comes kind of together if you have that plan. And some things may get tweaked or may have to change things because of weather or because of businesses or something happens. But you just have to stick to your plan and, and keep going with it. Thank you for being on our podcast. 
Thanks for having me. It's been great. We look forward to the future with uh, with you. So I can't wait to see some live videos in the, in the fall and see what the evolution, the next evolution will be. Um, as that, as we always say, that's a wrap. Yeah.